Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers Who Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Helaman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group held every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Hi and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for listening. I'm really thrilled for you to meet Sarah. Sarah has become someone that I just love and respect and that I've had so much fun watching her do Sarah the way that she does Sarah. It's pretty cool to notice. I'm so grateful that she's shared some of her story with me and I'm excited for you, for you to hear it. And yeah, so Sarah, hello, Sarah. Hi. Thanks Thanks. for having me. It's so good to be with you. So glad that you're here and so happy that you're willing to create this resource, this episode that will, you know, help a lot of people. One of the things that the reason I say it will help a lot of people is I think it will help just the right people. I really have such a strong feeling that God really loves us when we allow each other to see each other because then it helps us to see ourselves more clearly where we're at and also to have more understanding, more courage, and more faith where we're at because somebody else just said, you can just see a little bit of, you can see a little bit of my soup. I'm going to show you in my pot, right? I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story and I know that, yeah, you have such a beautiful story. And can I just say before Sarah even starts, in case I don't get a chance, one of the things I have learned from Sarah is that she really relies on the power of prayer in a way that, I mean, that's what I'd like to do after this episode is have another episode with Sarah where all I we do is talk about how she uses prayer as a tool in her life, as work that she does in her life. Because you know how the Bible dictionary says prayer is a form of work? The things I've heard Sarah talk about with prayer make me think she knows how to do that work. So cool. So if we don't get to that, that will be our next episode. Okay, Sarah? All right, sounds good. (laughs) Sarah, I just really want you, would you just introduce yourself to everybody in a way that, that is like, here's what I love to do. This is kind of what I do every day. Just what makes you just Sarah so everybody can see, oh, okay, I'm relatable to her. She's kind of, she has a life. And I'm excited for you to share your story. 
Well, my, who is Sarah? Sarah is, Sarah is turning into a butterfly. No. <laughs> so cool. You know, I, I feel like I've done a lot of things in my life and from being a TV person that talked about family finance and personal finance from being a TEDx speaker and from writing a book about entrepreneurship and financial literacy from doing direct sales to being a mother to working in our school district, uh, doing social media. I mean, I kind of have tried a lot of things. I like a lot of things. I like dark chocolate with chili peppers. I work out because I'm supposed to, you know, it makes my body feel good. It's not really on the top. You know, I'm never going to be a marathoner. (laughs) I like, I have an amazing digital collection of flowers. I mean, when we go on hikes, I'm like, hey, hey, I'll catch up. (laughs) I'm the one that's always lagging behind taking close-ups of the flowers because I see God in it. When I look at the pictures of flowers, I think, man, he's an amazing artist. Look at what he created. And I will often use old makeup to recreate art. I'm an upcycle artist. I have three children. I, I don't know. I just... Wait, what? What's an upcycle <laughs> artist? Tell me what that is. So I, I take that. makeup. I, 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 for 25 years, I was in the direct sales industry with skincare and color. And I don't really do that anymore. I have a few clients that are like, please help us stay gorgeous. So I, I allow them to use that me as a resource in that way. But... I have a lot of makeup I've collected over the years from things I didn't love or from samples. And so I will use eyeshadows and eyeliners and lipsticks and mascara and foundations to create recreations of temples or flowers or Harry Potter stuff, or, you know, just different things, whatever, whatever I feel like. (laughs) so good and it creating things what a great way to use your makeup that you're right it's better than going in the landfill I'm thinking (laughs) like what did you call it again you said upcycle it's an upcycle artist we use random discarded things to make beauty oh hey I think that has a correlation to life for sure for sure Wow, that's really sweet. Okay, and I cut you off when you were saying, this is how many children I have. I have three children. I have an almost 25-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a almost 18-year-old boy, girl, boy. And I had my first child like six weeks after I graduated with my bachelor's degree from Utah State. And then we had, so my oldest is a boy. And then we had our daughter when my husband was getting his master's. And then we had our youngest when he was getting his PhD. So we had all babies in grad school. <laughs> and it was a crazy time, you yeah, know. What a party. That's all right. a lot. Broke and babies. Yeah, totally. Wow, that is Yeah, that's Isn't that fun to just think back like when your kids were little, what was your expectation of All right, I am broke and we are in grad school and we have babies. You know, but what, what was in your mind of here's where we're headed? Honestly, it was extremely stressful. I battled, I didn't know I was battling it, but I was battling a lot of depression, anxiety, OCD, perfectionism. I I dealt with a lot of things that were never addressed until I started having children that had needs that needed to be addressed. And then I realized, wow. I can't heal their trauma. I can't heal their pain. I can't heal what they're going through. But this stuff that we're working through, this is really helping me. And so my passion with all the eternal warriors principles and, you know, looking at different methods of allowing the body and allowing the mind to heal, because we don't heal anything. I mean, the savior does that, but allowing for healing and and putting yourself in a space that you can experience positive shifts. That's my work to do as a mama, as a daughter, as a wife, as a sister, as a female, as a prospective goddess, you know, that's my work to do. And so, you know, that's, that's what I've embraced 
And I wish, and why I'm super passionate about really sharing these things with other people is I wish I'd had this before I had babies. I wish I knew the things I knew. I wish I knew how to pray back then the way I know how to pray now. I wish I knew how to study the way I know how to study now. I wish I knew how to feel the spirit the way I know how to feel the spirit now. And the, one of the lies that Satan throws at me all the time is it's too late. You messed up so bad with your kids and it's too late, which is a lie. You know, this, this savior heals without a scar. And so I now pray that I will just be able to witness that transformation as it plays out, because I know that healing is coming, coming to all of us. We all get resurrected bodies. We all get different brains that are perfected <laughs> eventually. <laughs> and so in the, you know, in the meantime, I just get to, to sit back and not sit down and do nothing, but I get to look at how God does God's work, how Christ allows the atonement to flow into our lives in such a beautifully perfected way that is in the timing that is exactly how it's supposed to be. Wow. That's amazing. And, you know, I think that is so wonderful that you said that your role, your job is to get in a place and understand how to be in a place where you can allow God to do his work with you. You can allow his grace and notice it. You can accept it and know that that's a real thing instead of, you know, kind of resist that until you're so much cooler, so much better, you know, to just allow yourself to be where you're at. It's almost like you're saying that that statement we always say in mothers who know is, you know, when you are in that mode of allowing and learning to put yourself in that place, it's like, no matter how messy the mess is, there's always going to be a message and a miracle in that mess, but we might miss it if we aren't in that allow place. So Tell me, how did you come to life-changing services and where were you at? What was kind of, what kind of mess brought you to life-changing services? <laughs> well, yeah, it's been a mess for a really long time. We have had some struggles with children who have self-harmed and one child in particular was really struggling. And in fact, last May I made a pretty serious suicide attempt mm. and this one was one that we just were like, that's it. We've dealt with this for four years. We can't, my husband and I were struggling in our marriage because when you're dealing with so much chronic stress for years and years of stress, you're on high alert at such a high level that your body starts to shut down. Your relationship starts to shut down. I mean, things were not in a place where we felt like we could bring him home again. We had tried. This was not the first time this had happened. And so we got him to the hospital. Thankfully he didn't die and he had to be in a psych hospital. And then we had a residential treatment center and then we had wilderness treatment and then another, you know, a therapeutic boarding school. And at the end of May, I just, I just was broken. I was just so sad as a mom, just feeling so crushed and so like I had failed and my time is up and I'm failed and pleading and praying with heavenly father to put, give us some direction because we knew that he wasn't going to get better in a psych hospital that had not proven helpful in the past. <laughs> and so I reached out to a friend of mine who was a therapist and she said, let's fast. And so I was fasting every week, you know, we fast in our faith once a month, but I, I was praying and fasting every week, sometimes a couple times a week. And the spirit one day, I remember I was sitting on the, the day bed just behind me, the spirit one day encouraged me to reach out to a friend. And I was embarrassed. I was like, ah, you know, how do you tell someone my life is falling apart? But I did, I reached out. I said, Hey, do you have any resources for, you know, what we're struggling with? And she short texted me just a link to life-changing services. 
And that was a Monday. And I distinctly remember it because it was Monday, June 22nd. And on the 23rd, I listened to every single call you had <laughs> that day. <laughs> and then I fire, I call it fire hosing, but I literally was out and I have a, I was out in my garden and it, it's a COVID garden. I literally use boxes and chicken wire to make raised beds. See, we upcycle in our garden too. And I was out there digging holes and sweating and pulling weeds. And I'm just listening to Karen all day long for hours and hours. I think I listened to every single pre-recorded mom power. So all eight weeks, I got all in a couple days and I thought, this is it. This is so good. And not that it was going to be the answer necessarily for my, my son, but this is really what I need. And I started telling all the people I knew, if you go to the mothers who know page, there's like 80 or 90 of my friends there <laughs> because I have a big mouth and I just, all the friends should know that this is what moms need. So that's kind of how I found mothers who know was through a friend, through the spirit. I mean, really through this, through the spirit and through a lot of fasting and prayer of, Hey, I need resources. Where are they? <laughs> so what was it that you, that you heard that you thought this is it? Cause whatever you heard, it came from the spirit for sure. Yeah. So I heard a couple things. I remember I was pulling weeds in the tomato bed and I heard you say, you know, you show up at church and you can be this church lady and you look like you have it all put together, but really, you really have it not at all put together. You're a hot mess. And I'm like, people see me and they're like, well, you clearly have it all put together. You look nice. You have a, you're an author. You are, you know, you've done this. You've been on television, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're an entrepreneur. You have it all put together. No, no, I don't. (laughs) And so hearing that and then hearing the, you know, the savior is the one that's, that's who does all the work. It's not your job. Get out of the way hearing that I could just take myself out of the battlefield fighting in front of my child. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, I'm just going to make sure you don't have to battle. (laughs) I want to prevent you from being hurt or to, yes. Yes. What can I do to prevent? You know, I was the mom that was like, no, don't do that. Don't make that mistake. No, no, no. And so it felt like such a relief, not that it was going to solve the mess, but that I could just take care of myself. I mean, I did still have a lot of battles and and we still have a lot of battles ahead of us, but just soaking in the truth that the savior is the one who heals without a scar, that there's going to be a lot of bloody messes. There's going to be a lot of falling down and things that just rip your heart out as a mama But in the end, the savior wins. In the end, we all get resurrected bodies. In the end, we get brains that are perfected and don't have these, all these terms for what's wrong with them. And that led me on my own healing journey. I started working with a therapist who does something called brain spotting, which is a trauma therapeutic um, modality that helps with trauma. And I started healing some of the trauma that I felt was generational. That was my grandparents were, you know, my grandma, I'm like, why, why am I experiencing this? So I started realizing that the things that I experienced as a mother were not just mine, but that they, they were others. And that if I didn't do this work, they were going to go being perpetuated into my family line and that I could work on releasing myself. And it opened up conversations with my daughter to say, Hey, I'm sorry that I may have put this idea on you. That's not a true idea. It's from Satan. Like, I'm sorry that I believed that being fat was unacceptable. And so I dealt with years of having an eating disorder. And I want you to know that regardless of what you look like, you're acceptable. Heavenly Father accepts you. God accepts you. The Holy Ghost accepts you. You know, I mean, some of those conversations, conversations about money that were really damaging. I was able to have with, you know, my daughter in the months after discovering mothers who know because of 
realizing truths, looking at the lies Satan was telling me and saying, no, 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 that's not true. What does God say about this? What do the scriptures say about this? What do the conference talks say about this? And I see that as probably part of my life's work going forward that to help mothers be in a place to heal the trauma that has been caused in their own life through their choices or through other people's choices, but also trauma that has been perpetuated in lies that are told in stories, family stories, in cultural stories that are just not true and don't serve them as being the amazing matriarchs and being these potentially goddesses and potentially priestesses and, and you know like they don't serve us and they're keeping us stuck in dark that's so good it's so good to identify like yeah I have the gospel truth in my life you know you've had that your whole life but until you can really see your truth and how that fits into the gospel and how to apply all the truths that you have underneath heavenly father's plan in a mess it's like doesn't make any sense you feel like wait a minute i don't know how to find the peace that the gospel brings i don't know what that looks like to find the savior and allow him to help me you know yeah, because the gospel looks pretty. <laughs> you know, the families are all perfect. The temple is beautiful. If you pay your tithing, then XYZ happens. If you keep your temple covenants, then this is beautiful things supposed to happen. And so it all looks so beautiful. Oh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> and it is, it is beautiful. It but where you're in the mess and Satan's telling you, but you're not enough to have any of that beauty. You're not fit for that kingdom that looks so shiny and glorious because you're just a mess and you've made a mess and you're never going to be enough to be forgiven of that mess. Mm -hmm. And you're, time, you're, you're too late in the game. It's over. I mean, so many lies. Yeah. Yeah. So many lies. Oh. Isn't it amazing to notice that true beauty, like you truly finding your beauty and the beauty of the mess that you're in, like what God's doing with this mess, someone, you know, who's about all the, well, if you look pretty, then you're doing it right. Right. And most, <laughs> of, us, most of us know that it, it doesn't look pretty, but we, we all hide that in you know, in this pot of soup, we don't want to show anybody, you know, and then we just want everybody to like smell the aroma of what we're creating over here. It smells amazing, you know, but when we actually realize that, gosh, how much damage does that do to us personally and to other people when we can't say we literally need exactly what Heavenly Father provided for our success to work his plan for our salvation. Like I need a savior, me raising my hand. This mess is beyond saving. I, I can't save this and I've tried and I can no longer pretend that I'm pretty. Yeah. I think it's coming to that place of true brokenness where there's no way, there's no way to put enough bandage. There's no way to put enough makeup. There's no way to put enough cute clothes. There's no way to put enough filters for social media. There's just, there's nothing. That was the place where my husband and I were getting down on our knees multiple times a day and just pleading with heavenly father to just point us in the right direction. If there's something we need to do, if there's something we need to stop doing, if, if you want us to give all of our money to save this child, which, you know, it was over a hundred thousand dollars last year, close to $120,000 last year, which no one's prepared for that. However, the interesting piece of that is that the year before the year before in January, 
of 2019, my husband and I both had the impression that we should go to the temple 50 times in 2019. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the temple 50 times. We both, both separate from each other. And mind you, we hadn't really been going to the temple that often, like, you know, once a month or, I mean, going, but not, Mm -hmm. and of course we had our temple recommends, but not with this fervor and intensity. And in November of 2019, we had finished our goal. And that month, our son was in the psych hospital over Thanksgiving. So before we even hit that first shaft from the the whirlwind, you know, does that make sense? I mean, before everything started to just, you know, break down in crazy, crazy fervor, we had completed that goal and we needed that. We had no idea about COVID. We had no idea what was coming. We, We had no idea, but God knew. And the other thing God knew was that around that same time, maybe a a couple months later, February, March, we felt like we had to get out of debt and we needed to save 50,000. Well, who, who saves 50,000 in a year? Like nobody I know of. (laughs) And so my husband and I thought, is that even possible to do? So between the debt we paid off and the amount we invested, it was, it was over that, it was over that number. God only could have done that for us, but it proved to us in our mind that he could make the finances work. That somehow when we were on our knees saying, whatever it takes, God, whatever you want from us, he's your son first. You're going to make this work. We're trusting you. We are consecrating our efforts for the good of our family and for thy glory, whatever it takes. And I remember just getting up going, yeah, whatever it takes, what is it going to (laughs) take? You know, but when those huge bills of, you know, 15,000, 16,000, $20,000 a month started rolling in, I remembered, we remembered together. And sometimes we had to remind our, each other, Hey, we promised whatever it took. We promised we would go the distance and that we would allow God to do the work that needed to be done and not interfere. And so that, that was pretty powerful to see how he doesn't really care about money. He doesn't care about time. I mean, not that he doesn't care about it. He cares because it it matters to us, but he can do whatever numbers don't matter to him. He can do whatever he needs to do to work out the work that he's going to do. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What an amazing shift, you know, to go from a a place of, you know, success looks like this. And now success looks like really believing, strengthening my faith, really leaning into this storm with God in front of me. Wow, that's really amazing. That's pretty. (laughs) It is pretty to look back and and think man, look at what God did. Look at what he did. And yeah, I mean, some of the prayers, Heavenly Father, we need this amount by this date. I don't know how it's going to happen, but we need it. And then to look back and go, whoa, to the penny. How did that even happen? <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. So, neat. so what are some of the, what have you noticed the things that you I mean, because you are a seeker, you're an absolute seeker, you seek for knowledge, you seek for experiences, you seek to create things, you're a doer, and we have benefited so much from your efforts, and you're, you know, being willing to say, I just noticed that you guys could use some help, and I know how to do that, you know, like, we've been so appreciative of, you know, just your style to have you know, that kind of serving heart to say, I could do that for you. But you've been able to learn a lot of the eternal warrior principles, which are the principles that are found in the Like Dragons Did They Fight book by Marisa. Those principles are also in our mom power training and kind of, you know, catered to serve a mom and what where she's at. But there's also, you know, these eternal warrior principles that they use in our addiction recovery programs. And I know that's not what brought you to our company, 
which is what brings a lot of moms to our company is I have a child that's really hurting and we need some support. And so that's how I found Mothers Who Know. But you just found, I'm having a mess and I felt prompted to call this friend. But what have you learned since you've been here? What are some of the principles and the things that you apply that have been so useful for you that would also help another mom? Mm, I have so many. I have like a whole notebook, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Of my favorites, right? Air quotes, my favorites. I love writing down lies. I love learning how to say, hey, that is not true. Things that, oh, you're so fat or, you know, you're so, you're late all the time or I don't know, just, you know, this garbage talk, talk that's just not true. Because what I've learned through Eternal Warriors training and through Mothers Who Know is that there's three voices. There's our voice, there's the voice of the spirit, which is, you know, God's voice. And there's Satan or one of his, people, you know, people from the dark side. And so I've learned over the last several months that if it's not something that would lead me to do good or feel amazing, that the amazing truth that I am a noble daughter of God with divine heritage and potential, then it's not from me because as a daughter of God, I'm going to tell truths that sound like gods (laughs) that he taught me in the pre-existence so if it's not that then it's it's not it's not something I should be listening to and so writing down those lies and then combating that by writing down three truths for every lie rather than just trying to defend it in my head like oh no that's not true writing it down and having a journal that is just that the the lies and then the truth has not only been a powerful shift for me, but it's allowed me to more quickly pick up on it. So I can more easily go from being in a place where I might get spun on the scale of going from a place where he might tempt me to go eat the entire bag of chips because it might feel good for a minute To staying in my truth where I can say, you know, that food looks amazing. It smells amazing, but I know it won't serve me. I know it's not going to be fuel for my brain. I know it's not going to allow me to feel the spirit in a really great way. And so I'm going to choose some blueberries instead, you know, and that I don't always win that battle, but Mm -hmm. it's allowed me to see lies more clearly. And that's been a really powerful thing. I, I think also having they talk a lot about this in the like dragon's book that the flagpole. Mm-hmm. And so I have declarations right above my washing machine. I have declarations by my medicine cabinet. I have declarations on my computer. Now it's like my screensaver where I have a picture of the savior. I have a picture of a, a, a woman in battle armor, <laughs> like a female warrior. And I have a picture of me and my family. And so I have those declarations. And so no matter where I am in the house, I can see those. They're also on my phone. And so these reminders to be intentionally in the game, intentionally in the fight with darkness, not like I'm seeking darkness so that I can go battle. No, we don't do that. (laughs) But intentional about being ready and being armed. And so having the declarations, spending time with the spirit, spending time in prayer to even come up with those declarations has been really key. Also knowing what was the question? The question, I think it's from lesson five in the eternal warriors course is what's really going on here? You know, because, you know, Satan would have it be, oh, it's really about your child's homework or the messy room or the, you know, dinner not being ready or someone not liking the dinner that you made. It's really about all these things. It's not about any of that. Those are just smoke and mirrors. They're just distractions for getting you to step into a place where you're not going to be your true self, where you're going to act against your values by being critical of whoever, by combating with your family who you dearly love. It's, you know, maybe going to put you in a place where you feel like you're not enough. And so then you go into this spiral of having to figure out how to self-soothe, which sometimes comes in the form of food, or it comes in the form of Netflix, or it comes in the form of gossiping, or it comes in the form of laying in bed too long, not exercising. I mean, so he puts these things in our plate, in our lives that these thoughts, I guess I should say that 
make you think the battle is all these other things. Yeah. And that has helped me so much because my husband and I have, we've learned these principles together. Our marriage has transformed because we have been able to see, you know, I'm not really battling him. He's not really battling me. We have a marriage we had never had in 30 almost years, you know, 20, almost 28 years. So it's, the shift is so powerful, not just as a mother, but as a wife, as a sister, as a daughter. And my mom even listens to all the calls each, <laughs> each week, not all the calls, but, but the mom power calls and the stay by the tree calls and those kinds of things. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like the identifying who the real enemy is, was a big one for you. Huge, huge. Yeah. Because when we're in a mess and we're starting to have strong feelings about that mess that causes us to fear and doubt, and we don't know that not every voice in our head is a trusted voice, right? right. It just is like torment, it's like mm-hmm. torment, like torture, like mm-hmm. emotional, mental torture that can literally affect physically. Like you said, you just start shutting down. It affects your relationships. So when you can see, oh my goodness, all I had to do was say, what's really going on here? I think there's just one enemy. Mm-hmm. There's only one savior. So where does that leave me? What's my role? What do I do? So what have you learned about, okay, now that you can see, I can identify the enemy and how he's trying to confuse me in this and torment me and how he's using this mess to not be a message or a miracle, but to just be something that feels so horribly scary and like I've lost and no good. But what have you heard? Like, what can you do? What is your role? What do you do? Well, I know this is another principle, but the real battle is to keep the spirit. So my, what I do is figure out how to get the spirit back quick, <laughs> like stat. <laughs> so go to my knees or read some scriptures or put on some music or go pull, dig a hole, you know, jump on the trampoline. I mean, whatever it takes to not battle my family, number one, or not totally battle myself. Like, you know, just go into this shame deluge of how awful I must be. So that's my number one tactic. It's just, okay, what do I need to do to get myself back to level zero, which is at lower or one, you know, whatever it takes, like, what can I do to get back to feeling like it's going to be okay. I have the spirit. I can, you know, I can re-engage this conversation. And so, or this situation or, you know, whatever it is. And that's, that's been huge. So, so good. That's so good. Oh, Sarah, I think we could just keep talking. Like I think I'm looking, thinking, I really don't want to be done with this interview. One of the things that I like, as you look at your mess now, and as you're considering the women who are listening to this, as they're thinking about their mess, you know, what's something that you would say to her that you realized now, because you've said it in lots of really beautiful ways, lots of things, but like the woman who just keeps stirring her soup and she's absolutely exhausted and she won't let anybody look in there or the woman who just is ignoring the mess and just thinking it's all about pretty. Like, how could you just say, how about this? I think the one thing I would want to tell that mama or that I would hope that she would hear is that God is fully, fully aware of you and that he is orchestrating the details for your good, for your children's good, for the good of your marriage, for the good of you as a person and for his glory. And that he's not going to let any test or any trial or any mess go wasted. Mm. And that when things don't go as you plan, because we all have a vision of what that is supposed to look like, when things don't go as you planned, that you have the knowledge 
that the Savior heals without a scar. That no matter how bad it gets, no matter how ugly it looks, that the Savior is not going to leave you. And that he will bring healing when you need it the very most. And that you can trust him. That he's completely trustable to care for you and for your family and that you're enough. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for that testimony. I'm just hearing a question in somebody's mind that's really weary that heard you say that, that just thinks, oh, I wish I could believe that. I want to believe that. I want to hear that and believe that. So when you were in that place of, I just want to believe I want to believe that he is really there. Like, what is something that you could share that you did that helped you to, to just know your next right step toward finding him in this mess? Like, how would she, what are maybe some things she might consider so she can believe that? Well, one thing that popped into my head was we prayed a lot, Lord, help our unbelief. Mm -hmm. We're trying to be faithful. We're trying to believe that you've got this. It doesn't look like you do. So please help our unbelief. And then we also, we were courageous enough to reach out to friends and family and just say, hey, it's really messy here. And we, we need some fasting and prayers. So you don't have to tell everyone what's going on in your family. Mm-hmm. But Satan will have you keep yourself isolated. And when he can keep you in the dark, isolated, thinking you're the only one with the mess and that you are unhelpable, unlovable, you know, reachable, then it will never get better. It will stay messy and it might get worse. And so I would say, reach out to the first person that comes to your mind. It's, if it's your mom, great. If it's Karen, if it's somebody else in, you know, mom power, if it's, an eternal warrior's mentor, if it's a bishop, it doesn't matter. Whoever the spirit tells you, just the first person, you can just say, hey, I need some prayers right now. I'm really struggling. That vulnerability allowed me to see that there was a lot of people who cared. And it also opened up a lot of conversations that really helped to begin healing for people that I had no idea were hurting, but me being willing to say, Hey, it's really messy over here. Could you be praying for us? That was a gift to them. They're like, of course, I would love to pray for you. And we've got this mess too. I'm so glad you shared and we're struggling too. So yeah, when you're weary, know that there's other people who are willing to carry. I even had friends that are like, can I bring you dinner? And I, I was unashamed enough to say yes. <laughs> even though there was groceries in the, you know, in the fridge, I'm like, yeah, dinner would be amazing. So don't be afraid to just let people serve you. It will help you ease your burden. And if you're weary, you need that. So don't be so full of pride that you won't let the burden be eased by the people who are willing to ease your burden. Oh, that's so wonderful. That makes me just think of that scripture. Where is it? I'm going to remember the reference. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, the one that says, come unto me, all ye that labor mm-hmm. and I will give you a rest. And then it says, you know, take my yoke upon you, learn of me and I will you know, this is who I am for you and I'll, I'll help you rest. So I don't think we hear go to other people so you can find me in that scripture, right? Like, cause that's what you just shared. You just shared. If you want to release the adversary's hold and the lies that are just holding you right there and tormenting you right there, it's super important. If you're going to find the savior, and come unto him. A lot of it is to say, 
I'm no longer going to just stay in isolation waiting for the Lord to come and save me. There's something that maybe he's waiting for me to do, which is put some light in on this dark corner you have in your life and notice the miracles and the messages that will show up because you are willing to say, okay. Like I can remember when you came to our meetings initially, and I think it was one of the first times you talked and you had said you'd been binge listening to everything. And I was like, okay, you know, like, okay, she's, she's been, you know, I didn't know what that looked like and what you meant exactly, but you, you had questions, you were curious, you were interested. And one thing that it makes me wonder is I think of you, I could still see the hair you had that day and your face. And I believe you had something green on. Anyway, I just wondered, was it reaching out to that friend? Was that your initial first step of I'm coming out of isolation? I need to tell a real person that's more right, right across from me. Like I need some help because you've gone, you'd gone to therapists, you started, you know, right. But I need to tell in a vulnerable way, like that this big mess that is involving my children is also my story. I can't just pretend it's not my story. It's making me kind of afraid and sick. Or was it when you came to mothers, you know, and realized, oh my word, look at all of these women here. Like, what was it? I think it was the combination of all of those things. The mothers who know community kind of normalized my feeling of I'm the only one Mm -hmm. that has a mess, which is another lie from Satan. You're the only one and you're that bad. You're that mother that has it all messed up. Yeah. So that was helpful. You know, reaching out to some friends helped me not feel so alone as far as just my day to day, but the mothers who know community allow me to start realizing, Hey, these principles are working for other moms. I could try them on and see how they're going to work for me. And that's one of the things when you're in such a crazy mess and you're like, this person tells you to do this. And this person tells you that, and this person, you know, and you're just, which conference talks is, which conference talk is going to fix it. And should I read for seven hours a day in the scripture? How many, how long do I have to pray? How many days should I fast? I mean, you're just trying everything to try to make it better for your family. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to just settle into, this is going to be a journey. And there's other mamas on that journey and I'm not alone and I'm going to learn what heavenly father wants to teach me on this journey. And it's going to work out someday, some way, somehow it's going to work out when it's supposed to work out. And I'm going to do my best to have the spirit along the journey so that I can learn the things I need to learn but also show up in a place of truth for people that are witnessing this experience. Because I think that's one of the blessings of our messes is that people, we are testifying of Christ in our mess. Mm. So. Wow. That's beautiful. I didn't tell you, I was going to ask you this ahead of time, but I feel impressed to ask you this. And I think you feel feel comfortable enough doing it. Or you can tell me, no, I'd rather just sing a song just whatever, but I just, (laughs) one thing I'm wondering is, Sarah, could you share with us one of your declarations, why you're fighting and why you don't give up or both, like something that you've received? I'd love for you to just end there. Sure. Here's a declaration. Here's a why I fight. Well, I'm so glad you did not ask me to sing because I would sing so low, so low that you couldn't hear me. But my, one of my declarations, a couple of them, they're on my computer. I'll just read them. I am a daughter of heavenly and earthly parents who love me and I am filled with divine light. I fought and I am fighting daily on the side of my savior, Jesus Christ. Through the power of the atonement, I am in control of my words and my actions and I am defeating darkness daily. I am sending his light and his love to those around me. And I am a warrior woman. 
Powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, I know you out there listening. We love you, Sarah. I'm saying that not just for me, but the people listening. Thank you for sharing your testimony and your story, shining some light on you so we can see us better. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers Who Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers You Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.